Hello everyone. Just a quick programming note. This particular episode of Me, You, Us was recorded on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020, prior to Patty stepping down as our CEO. Hello everyone, and welcome to Me, You, Us, a well-being podcast. I'm your host, Bill Krieger, and today my special guest is Patty Poppy. Well, Bill, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, I love your podcast. I'm a regular listener, and so it's an honor to be uh, with you today. Today, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about personal well-being. Um, we talk a lot about safety and wellness, um, but when we think about personal well-being, you know, here at Consumers, we talk about the pillars of well-being. So you have financial and mental and social, professional and physical. So I wanted to get your take on personal well-being and what does it mean to you? Well, I do love the way we've been talking about it here at the company. You know, it is holistic. And um, I think when one or more of the, the factors get out of balance, it can be very um, uh, disconcerting. It can be very upsetting. And so it is important for us to, to prioritize our well-being. But I also think it's important to give recognition to controlling what we can control and recognizing those things that are outside our circles of influence and really zoning in on the areas of our lives like our, our physical health and, and things like that where you have choices um, that you can make that will help you stay in balance and help maybe counterbalance some of the things that you can't control. Well, I think balance is a good word if we think of holistic and foundational, right? If one of those things isn't there, we're tilted off to one side or the other and it can really negatively impact us. And I think one of the things that I've seen this year, uh, as opposed to other years, is uh, some of the um, out of balance that we've been as a society, especially when it comes to politics and the election. And, you know, as you know, we're talking on election day today. So uh, as we speak, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Well, it certainly has been um, a big buildup to today. And uh, you know, I know you and I both have um, uh, hope that our nation will come together uh, post-election and not become further divided. You know, I, it has been troubling to see the amount of angst that exists. Um, certainly COVID-19 created a, a very unusual environment and stressful for people. But then when you add in uh, the racial injustice and the highlight of the, the just the difficult situations we've all been witness to in the last year that have been going on for hundreds of years, but they've been so visible and the conversation has been so poignant this year, um, combined then with the flooding in Midland and all of the stress and angst in this political climate, um, I'm just really hopeful that we here at Consumers and CMS Energy can be sort of a beacon of diversity that says we can have a diversity of uh, thought, of points of view, and we certainly have a representation of a wide spectrum of people within our company, that we can be a beacon of harmony in the face of all of those differences and certainly the external factors that we can control what we can control, and that's how we treat one another. Yes, and I, you know, diversity of thought is an excellent point because I think in some instances we may, I see that amongst some of my friends that we've kind of lost that idea that it's okay to disagree and learn from our disagreements on how we view things. 
And one of the things that you did as a leader that really helped me out, and as I talked to my coworkers, really helped them out as well, was that you published some letters to to your coworkers, starting out with talking about what being a conservative means to you and, and some of the labels that may be attached to that. And then a letter talking about all or nothing, um, which I see a lot of today. It's all or nothing, like either you agree with me or I'm not your friend. Uh, and then United We Stand, which really kind of pulled it all together. So I wanted to talk about what was the the genesis for those letters? What what uh, prompted you to do that? And then what, what was your desired outcome? And are you, are you seeing that? You know, I um, am politically engaged. We as a company are politically engaged. And I've always uh, been fascinated by politics. And, and my mom and I uh, and my dad, we used to always watch the kind of Sunday news shows together. And um, what I was observing was the amount of uh, division that was happening around us. And I felt compelled to say that on one hand, there's this great awakening of the electorate, if you will. There's people, and that's what a, a representative democracy requires. It requires engaged and engaged electorate, but engaged to the point that it's violent uh, was a real concern for me. And so uh, I also felt like there were um, uh, kinds of threads of thought that were quite divisive. And I wanted to share from my own heart and from my own point of view, uh, that we could be different and still be extraordinary, uh, be an extraordinary team. And so I really just felt like if I was feeling that, I was pretty sure other people were feeling it, and I wanted to to be able to express it and create dialogue that wasn't so um, divisive. That was really my goal. Well, and you know, as I read through the letters, one one common theme in all of those was leading with love. Uh, assuming positive intent, thinking the best of your coworkers and others who you may have differing opinions with. Can you talk a little bit about leading with love? Because that really struck me. And in, in, you know, as I work with people like John Broshak, who is our one of our executive sponsors for the personal well-being team, uh, I hear him use the word love a lot more than I've heard him use it in the past. And so, what you're saying is resonating with people. Well, it is kind of funny. I remember early phases of my career, I never would have used the word love at work. I would have thought, no, no, you know, love happens at home, work is a job, do the J-O-B, you know, very bifurcated um, uh, emotions. But the reality is our emotions are with us wherever we go, at home or at work. And to be in a place where we can talk about real emotions and feelings um, and so leading with love for me does mean assuming positive intent, granting trust, granting grace um, for one another when maybe we don't even deserve it, but just because we're part of this team and part of the human race, if you will. And so, you know, I remember one night I was sitting around uh, the fire pit with my uh, adult children and um, I said something about uh, being a conservative. And my daughter looked at me and she said, well, mom, you can't say that. And I said, well, what do you mean I can't say that? Why can't I say that? And she said, well, because people will think you're a racist. And I was stunned by that. And, and the notion that there could be these labels and divisions and people can assume something about one another just because of a, 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 
feeling that you have. I, I just wanted to interrupt that thinking and this notion of leading with love was that if you if you assume positive intent, then you wouldn't label someone because you're this, you're that. Don't assume that about one another. And uh, I'm very, um, it was a very eye-opening conversation and I'm so glad I have adult children during this time because I feel like I'm getting a window into um, how a lot of people are feeling and how it makes me feel. And so that's the, I'm just trying to bridge a gap here with, and, and bridging that gap with love feels like the, the strongest bridge that you can have. Well, it's amazing the lessons our children teach us. I think that, you know, my children are all grown as well. My son will be uh, 32 this year and I have daughters who are 21 and 23. And I thought that I had spent my life teaching them things, right? But the opposite is so true. It is definitely so true. My kids are teaching me stuff all the time. It is so fun. It's just for all you with the young children at home who you're trying to like manage school at home and and meals and work and all those things, it will get better. I promise. They grow up. They're amazing adults. You have this totally different relationship. It, it makes it so worth it. Yeah, so definitely. And I want to talk to about when you talk about leading with love in I know that the letters that you sent out really kind of helped a lot of people uh, and it really impacted, I know it impacted my personal well-being, so I can speak for me, uh, which made it easier for me to bring my whole self to work, which is something we talk about all the time here at Consumers. And not only we talk about it, but we live it. As I interview my coworkers, I hear it over and over again. We live the, the value of being able to bring our whole selves to work. And when we can do that, how do you think that that impacts our ability to be safe while we're here and while we're at home? Yeah, and I think COVID and this era of COVID has expanded our definition of to be safe. I think, um, I'm, you know, certainly psychological and emotional safety is a key component of safety. And by celebrating diversity by celebrating our differences that certain and being able to bring our full selves is certainly emotionally safe. I think it's also proving to influence our safety in light of COVID um, that people have different interpretations of what it means to be safe with this virus amongst us. And I think being respectful and caring for others even if you think that you don't need to wear a mask or you're not a hazard or for whatever reason you don't think maybe you had COVID already, so you don't need this notion of just wearing a mask and keeping that distance anyhow for the mental well-being of the people that you're with and potentially the physical well-being because we just don't know enough about this virus, I think has really been a test to people's human kindness and human spirit that um, to wear a mask and practice distancing and not gather in large crowds is an act of service for others. And I think that it's been more challenging for some than others, but I'm just so thankful and grateful for all the people um, uh, in our company who are demonstrating our safety culture through how we're handling uh, COVID. Well, in, you know, you talk about, too, in one of your letters, uh, staying up, coming together by staying apart. And one of our coworkers, Arethia Young, really brought that together for me as well when she said, you know, we talk about practicing social distancing, but really 
we're practicing physical distancing, but we still need that social aspect in our lives to, to interact as human beings, right? That is a nice twist on that because it really is physical distancing. We, I don't know why we call it social distancing. It's a great point because one thing I have been so surprised about is platforms like your podcast, Bill, and our use of teams and team meetings and how incredibly um, bonding it can be. I'm surprised. I would not have predicted. In fact, I was getting ready at the beginning of the year to go on my culture tour. I was going to go to all of our facilities and roll out our values and kind of my old, what I call my old school analog pre-COVID thinking. I was going to drive my car everywhere, <laughs> which I like to do. But, you know, then COVID happened and we all locked down and there was no large group meetings or anything like that going to happen. And so using technology, I think we spread the culture faster. I think more people had access than would have otherwise. Um, I think we've proven that video and podcasts and things like this can be very impactful. And so the notion that you have to have that social connection while you're physically distant, I really, I do love the twist on that. That's a, that's a, that's a good change to how I say it. Well, and I know that that I have uh, come closer to a lot of my coworkers and, and family and friends um, that maybe I wouldn't normally talk with, but because we're really utilizing this electronic media that we have now, um, we, we're able to. And it is a testament to our company's agility um, that, that we're allowed to have a podcast, right? Because originally, back to your thinking, um, when we put together the personal well-being team, we were going to hit the road and we were going to bring people in to talk about personal well-being. We were going to do these, you know, these things that we do in the lavender and blush room and Lansing and all of that. Right. Yes. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it's that famous line that we're going to, we'll probably use for a while and then COVID hit. Right. And then, so now what do we do? And, you know, people like Angela Tompkins, you know, we went to her and said, Hey, we'd like to do a podcast. And she was like, do a podcast. Yeah, and then sure. and then I, I said, you know what? We're not reaching our coworkers because it's only on the company internet. Okay, then go public with it. You know, be careful. Work with legal, yeah. but go public with it. And now um, we are going to hit, by the end of this month, over 2,000 downloads since July. 2, That's amazing, people. Bill. Congratulations. It's so cool. So but, cool. But couldn't be done if we didn't work for a company that had the leadership that we have that allows us to do that. So very much appreciated. Well, one of the things I love about these video meetings, too, is seeing people's kids and their pets. And like it is a deeper level of personal connection. And I know there are some companies that don't do the video. They still only do audio calls, which I think would be very difficult to do a whole day of only audio calls every day. I love the video and being able to see people is a decent substitute, you know, if you will. And, uh, you know, I just love it when somebody's kid crawls up on their lap and we get to wave and say hello. I just think it's adorable. And I think the fact that we've made that not taboo. I remember, um, I won't use their name just to, <laughs> to protect them, but they were presenting in a meeting and um, uh, as an engineer and, and she was given a, a great report on, uh, I'm pretty sure it was gas safety management, if I remember right. And a child came in, like it was a whole thing. And she um, 
very was just so sweet like looked at her muted for one second said something very sweet to whatever whoever you know whatever the child's need was there was a need and then came back and unmuted and just kept going like with total grace and ease and i just thought i don't know if i would have had that kind of grace and ease when i was a young mom like it's been really impressive to see how parents are having to to work through these challenges and I love the fact that we're making it okay for people to say, you know what? I got I need a break. I got a little situation. <laughs> like I was on a call and my dog threw up and and I was like on my rug right here next to my desk and no one else was home and I'm like, um I got to go. <laughs> the dog just threw up. I this must I got to take care of this like right now. This is a problem. I'm not going to pretend like we don't have to pretend. And I think sometimes in our previous work world, we came to work and had to pretend like everything was normal. Everything is fine. I'm everything's great because and so when we talk about well-being, Bill, and we think about how we've just gotten human, I think we've gotten human through this experience together. Well, in, in, when we talk about bringing your whole self to work, I mean, we really do bring our whole selves to work during the time where we couldn't get haircuts and, yeah, you know, all of that. We, we really got to know who our coworkers are. I do have to say one thing, though. I think we need to see Chester in one of your uh, leader live meetings or, uh, or something. Cause What's the deal? I, I don't know if you can hear him. He's barking in the background. He's having, <laughs> he's having a whole situation. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> if I, he might have made your audio tape for the podcast. Well, good. Uh, I'll have to try and uh, talk him into He's kind of a, a sleepy dog, but I'll try and uh, get him fired up for one of our meetings. All right. That'd be good. We can't pet him, but at least we can see him. That would be <laughs> Well, Patty, you know, we're getting close to the end of the podcast. Before I wrap it up, is there anything else you'd like to say to our audience, our coworkers, our communities as we uh, go into the selection day and and come out of it? You know, uh, my prayer is just that people um, will come together. You know, this is um, our nation, our state, our local communities, our company needs people to come together, not divide apart. We are um, at a very, very um, critical decision point and people have a choice about how they respond. And if your response is one to divide, command, you know, um, fight, I just think it's not the right response. All for one, united we stand. I ask of our coworkers um, to be models of that thinking. Um, and I just would want anyone listening to your podcast to know for our own well being that we can, in fact, um, celebrate our differences without dividing. And I just wish everyone well. And I, uh, I look forward to a, a peaceful and, and um, uh, really important time in our nation to come together as one. All right. Thanks, Patty. United We Stand. I absolutely love it. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be on the pa- the podcast. It's always a pleasure uh, to talk with you, and hopefully we'll be talking again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for all you do. I really appreciate it. And a big thank you to the audience for tuning in today. Please make sure you're tuning in every Wednesday and Friday as we talk about the things that impact your personal well-being.